Hey, howdy, hey. Welcome to Detective Pay. Well, Stuart is, uh, he's off gallivanting in Charlotte this week. That's right, gallivanting. I, I hear you're eating steaks without me, so, you know. I did actually eat a steak. It was, uh, it was an Outback Steakhouse. I don't know if you approve. Eh, you know, I might. I don't know. I guess they're all different, but. Honestly, it was a fantastic steak. They cooked it just right, too. See, that makes all the difference for me with a steakhouse. If you're not going to cook a steak right, you need to take the word steakhouse off your sign. Yeah, have it like a steak outhouse or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's something to be said about crappy food. Ah, <laughs> uh, So Anyway, it was fantastic. Good to yeah. Outback for making an amazing steak. And you're, uh, um, you're, you're going to be back... What, Thursday, you said? I'll be back tomorrow evening, yeah. Okay, okay. So he will be indeed back at Ground Zero for for Thursday's podcast. Yes, indeed. All right, well, it it took us, I'm not going to lie, we've both done a lot of reading in this area in the brisket of Genesis. So uh, we both kind of read ahead and forgot exactly where we were. So... After going back and listening to ourselves for a minute, we uh, discovered exactly where we were. Yeah, we found ourselves. It's okay. Anyway, yeah, now we know where we are, I think, we hope. Yeah. All right, well, hey, uh, you want to read or you want me to read? I will read a little bit here. Let me uh, pull up my Bible Bible. All right, which one are you reading from? Hi, what are you reading from? Well, I am actually reading from uh, the Holy Bible, placed by the Gideons. Uh, yeah, of course, because yeah. you're in a hotel. What's that? I said, of course, because you're in a hotel. That's right, that's right, I'm at a hotel. And so, thank the Lord for the Gideons. Uh, I am actually... I'm really, it, it is actually a blessing that they've been allowed to do this. It really is. And, you know, it's kind of become, you know, I honestly hate to say it, but, you know, it's kind of like a phone book, really. Um, I imagine, I mean, pretty much every hotel out there still has a Holy Bible somewhere in it with a desk, but they are not very used, you know. Yeah, but it just to me, it's kind of amazing that they've they've been allowed to remain. Uh, I, I yeah, definitely. When so definitely. many other things have been considered culturally culturally irrelevant. Yeah. So it looks like this Gideon's Bible that I'm reading from is actually an ESV. Um, well, good then. That's one like, of my favorites. So. I will. I will <clears throat> yes, I love the ESB. So I will. I will read from that. Now, where exactly? I know we talked. We just talked about this. It hadn't been five minutes, but where exactly were we? So I think where we were is. Oh, uh, let's see. In the pit of despair. I, <clears throat> I mean, sorry. Uh, 
Uh, let's see. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. Oh, yeah. So the uh, the cupbearer. Uh, what verse is that? Basically, was <coughs> the cow had a dream, um, fat cows, uh, fat wheat, skinny cows, skinny wheat, skinny cows, and uh, skinny wheat eats fat cows and fat wheat. And it troubled him, and he told the dream to people, and the cupbearer goes, Ah, I'm aware of my faults, because he forgot about Joseph. And so he's basically telling him there was a Hebrew with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about, I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. Pretty sure that's where we left off. I am. What verse is that? I'm, I'm trying to... Oh, that's the end of verse 13, so we're on 14. Oh, okay. Well, I'm. <laughs> I was like in verse 18 or 19. No wonder I wasn't finding it. <clears throat> All right, so verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit of despair. No, I'm just kidding. Of despair. Uh, you, you gotta see. I'll say it, and then you just add it every time. That's and right. uh, and again, if all of y'all haven't done your due diligence and watched. The Princess, the Princess of the Bride, Bride, then you've done yourself an injustice. Go ahead and watch it because we are going to continue. The quoting is not going to stop. So, right. so then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. I'm just And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream. <clears throat> Sounds like the beginning of a good song. And there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh and said, it is, not, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Now, that is interesting to me. I don't know about you, but um, it's not yeah. like, well, God will tell you exactly. It's God will give you a favorable answer. As if he already had an inkling of what was to come. Right. Yeah. It, it, was, it was like he knew God has placed me here for my good. So it can only help me to tell this guy his dream. Right. right. Uh, and I can only assume, obviously, we have no context, but I, I can only assume that's that's what he's getting at here is, well, you've now brought me to your court. It's gotten real. So I think I'm, I think God's got something here, you know? <clears throat> and I feel like that might be what it is. But anyway. And uh, so verse 16 is, Joseph answered Pharaoh and said, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. What does your footnote say? Because I just noticed there's a footnote on that. Um, I didn't <clears throat> actually have a footnote. Oh! Okay, fine, whatever. I'll look. Uh. I will say, though, that in 15, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, <laughs> I was, in the back of my mind, I heard, I was thinking, you will uh, never get out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you compare to uh, the Sumerian Septuagint, it says, "Without God, it is not possible to give Pharaoh an answer about his welfare." So, it's not me that's going to tell you these things; it's God. You know, 
that's that's kind of humble when you think about it like that. Yeah, it is. It's like, uh, it's, it's not me. I, I have nothing to do with it. But if I can possibly figure this out for you, just know it wasn't me. Uh, so that that's good. I like to see that. It said, and then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I was standing on the banks of the Nile, and seven cows, plump and attractive, came up out of the Nile and fed in the green uh, in the reed grass, which I don't know what reed grass is, <clears throat> but it might confirm my statements about um kind of mouth, so it's some kind of reed. <laughs> Uh, seven cows, uh, seven other cows came up out of them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the, and the thin, ugly cows came up and ate the seven plump cows. But when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as the, as in the beginning when I awoke. I also saw in my dream seven ears growing on one stalk, full and good, and seven ears, withered, thin, and blighted by the east wind, sprouted after, sprouted after them. <clears throat> and the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears, and I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. And Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. <laughs> that had to be a powerful moment. He's like, well, he's not going to like this at all. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you said, and then that was kind of his, that was kind of his disclaimer. Like then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you know, yeah, he just, you know, he's like, there was probably a pause. He starts looking around like, mm, I guess now is as good as time as any. Yeah. <clears throat> then verse 26. And do what? How do I say this softly? Yeah, how do I? Hmm, let's see. I've seen people get killed for less. Hmm. Okay. Well, here it goes. So the seven good cows are seven years and the seven ears are seven years. And the dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows came up after them are the seven years and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also the seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all of the land of Egypt. But after them, there will arise seven years of famine and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land. It's funny that it says forgotten. It doesn't say that it, you know, and I think that, that, that right there, that shows to me, and I instantly think of how quickly we forget good or bad, you know, or, right. or the good for the bad. You know, the good that happened to me a week ago, if something bad happens to me today, I'm not even going to go, well, you know what, I had a good, I had a good go for a little bit. You know, we, yeah. we, we, we don't even think about that. It's like, oh, look what's happened to me. You know, so we're just, it's, that that human sinful nature that we have that just kind of I'd say it's almost a a prideful nature really <coughs> and it's uh so, so the end of verse 30 I think is where it was and uh, forgotten in all the land of Egypt the famine will con consume the land and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow for it will be very severe as he continues to say that I'm thinking it's going to be legit yeah, it must be pretty bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means ah here it goes. And the doubling yeah. of Pharaoh's dream means that it is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. Now therefore let Pharaoh select discerning and wise men and set him over the land of Egypt. And and let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. <coughs> the food that, that shall be reserved for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt so that the land may not perish through the famine. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, we've been saved! Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? With a big G? Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> you know, because they've got a bunch of their own gods, right? But they understand that this is Daniel, I'm not Daniel, pardon, Joseph's God here. Well, and... and, and, and and you could go back to like, a, I know I keep quoting it because it's so perfect to quote it. Most people have seen the Prince of Egypt, okay? But that one scene where it just shows all their gods is a perfect recollection of like what they what they seek after. You know, these are my gods. And, you know, the, right. the scene where he calls all the magicians, that's probably what happened. Like, hey, y'all guys, y'all know these gods. Let's go ahead. And then, you know, this guy comes in, tells Pharaoh exactly what's going to happen. And... <clears throat> What, you know, <clears throat> obviously they believe him, right. you know, so it's, it's at this point, I, I think they're kind of all shaken up a little bit and it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> he might have a God too, you know, but, it, and, and then it goes one step further, but like he has the God, the God, you know, so yep. I, I just, I, I think that's kind of interesting. Can we find a man like this? In whom is the spirit of God? Of God, capital G. Of God. He doesn't say the human the spirit of our God. He says of God. And speaking of Joseph's God. And spirit is capitalized as well. It is. <laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah, spirit of God. Uh, it says, and then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God, capital G, has shown you all this, there, and I and I say that because a lot of people may not know. In the Bible, it does reference other gods. It does reference things like that. And always uses little g, which obviously is not the God. Uh, capital G is reserved for God. So when you see the capital G, you or the capital H for Him, you know you know yeah, who He's referring to. Yahweh. Right, you know He's referring to, and so that that's where I I say that's a distinction right there. Uh, for us to to follow along and not get lost in the 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 idols, yeah. so it says. Then Pharaoh said, "Since God, capital G, has shown you all of this, there is none discerning and wise as you are." I bet that blew his head up a little bit. It's like, wow. oh, <laughs> me, huh? You know. Yeah. <laughs> it says, "You shall be over all of my house and all of my people." And all of my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. 
Wow. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, we're seeing kind of a an interesting jump from like when he was in Potiphar's house, you know. He's rising again and even even surpassing what he was before. Yep, it just keeps getting better and better. <clears throat> it was interesting. Oh, me. What's interesting is, um, oh, blah, 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 blah. In Pharaoh's, let's see. Here it is. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. Pharaoh is being very clear here. You know, God's given you all this information. Therefore, <clears throat> you are discerning and wise. And so there it is. Even Pharaoh can see that, you know, uh, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, you know. And that if you have God, uh, you know, that's wise. And that's see, wisdom. I'd say God, in a way, <clears throat> you know, I'd say from this point, you know, obviously we're going to learn a lot more about that throne uh, coming into Exodus. We're going to learn a lot of the good and bad of, you know, the way they were. But I think God has a little bit of a, I don't know, a soft spot for the land of Egypt, because he's not exactly destroying it. No, no, he's not. He's putting he's, he's putting I mean, it through hey, some hard times. Listening to his prophet. Yeah, you know he's he's you know he's saying, hey, you know what? I'm I'm going to put you through a little bit of a struggle here, um, and and, and he kind of gives, you know, to me the way I interpret this, he kind of gives Egypt that chance of, are you going to listen? Or are you just going to? you know, go back to, you know, to eating your vomit, you know, in, in ways. Uh, it's, that being said, though, um, who's with the Egyptians right now? Well, it, it's Joseph. And, you know, what is this being used for? Well, um, pretty soon, Joseph's family is going to uh, come under the wing of Egypt and all of the Israelites are going to be, you know, coming under the wing of Egypt and they're going to be in Egypt for a while. And so God is preparing this scenario. He's preparing this land. He's preparing uh, all of this, uh, you know, famine and all. And it's drawing the Israelites here to Egypt. And so the Pharaoh is like, hey, um, you know, uh, we're going to be good to you guys. You know, God's, God's basically providing for his people here. And Joseph is the conduit for that. He's the one that starts it. He says, you know, hey, um, we're going to put Joseph here all this bad stuff is going to happen, and through Joseph, my people are going to survive this, right? Um, and uh, so we see this earlier, the same kind of thing. I think it's what Abimelech basically comes to, uh, I guess, who is it, Isaac? And says, hey, 
God apparently likes you and you're doing pretty well in the land. We want to have peace with you, you know? Right. And so, um, you know, you can kind of see here's another instance where you've got um, somebody in with power that's coming to Joseph or coming to one of God's people um, for shelter, basically, and, hey, you know, we're going to be good to you um, uh, because your God is great. And though he's not our God, we know that if we're good to you, then he might be good to us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a, a, a quid pro quo. Quid pro quo, exactly. You know, uh, I, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Um, it, it has that kind of eerie sense to it. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's kind of what I gather, you know. But yeah. but out of this, you know, we, we do see, and I love that you use that term because a lot of people probably wouldn't think of it like this, uh-huh. but the land is listening to a prophet. Something you yeah. see rejected time and time again. <clears throat> you know, um, I, I've taught uh, Sunday school lessons a couple times, and one of my favorite ones that I've taught is on you know, Elijah going up to the hill, you know, and, and, and no one in that, in that land even slightly believed in the God, mm-hmm. you know, they were so pagan, you know, we, we, you could always put that entire area on the same platform as Sodom and Gomorrah. You really could, you know, they, uh-huh. they were, they served many different gods and Baal being one of them. And the whole land didn't listen to the prophet saying, hey, if you don't straighten up, you know, things are coming. You know, so here you do see that, you know, the land is kind of heeding to that. Right. So, but I I tell you what, we need to take a break here and we will be right back. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. We are back. Yeah. <clears throat> so we are in 41. Uh, let, me, let me make there sure. There it is. Yep, yep. So it says, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. Now, I remember having a conversation about this earlier, how important signet rings are. Now, yes, indeed. signet rings are very, and specifically for the Egyptian culture, because that's kind of where it started. It meant you were a noble of the house, but it is also kind of un, it is very unorthodox for someone to take their signet ring and give it to someone else. You would usually have your own made for that house. So that's, right, that's right. real. That is a super exception to have the Pharaoh take off his ring, which meant he was Pharaoh. Like, that's literally what that meant. Aside from the headdressing, his signet ring was, I am the sun, the moon, and the stars. Yeah, I am the sun, the moon, and the stars. Because that's actually what, if you see the pharaoh rings, the the Egyptian signet ring for the pharaoh, uh, you can can look them up. They have them uh, them on museums. They've uncovered a a few of them from the different pharaohs over the years. And it literally has inscriptions on the outside of the ring that say the sun, the moon, and the stars. Wow. And so the the Pharaoh, you know, they were as close to God as you were going to get in human form. That's the way they believed it. Yeah. You know, if you were Pharaoh, you were the Jesus of their culture. 
and I'm and I'm not being I'm I'm not trying to be you know uh, preaching heresy here. That's just the way they looked at it. I'm not saying that's the way it is. It's the way they viewed Pharaoh. So you have to kind of understand that. So when it says Pharaoh, you know, the Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in the garments and fine linen and put a chain around his neck. That right there says, wow, okay, this is big because yeah. that doesn't happen. Nope. So they made him ride in his second chariot. They made him ride in the second chariot and called out before him, bow the knee. Thus he set him over all of the land of Egypt. Boy, that had to be one heck of a parade. No kidding. Wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall? Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> I wouldn't have to mind being in that second chariot either. Yeah, I know, right? A fly in the second chariot. Yeah, well. So, moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. Without your consent, no man shall lift a hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Wow. <clears throat> that right there is some power. That's a lot of power. <clears throat> You know that uh, the Pharaoh's listening to him solely. You know, and I and and I and I think it goes back to he believes him. You know, he he truly believes that what he said came from God, and what he said is gonna is gonna happen. You know, I, I don't think yeah. he has a he doesn't have a shadow of a doubt that and 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 you see that in this. So no, and, definitely. There's no way that he would turn over that kind of power and that he would have this kind of, you know. That's kind of a come to Jesus moment. Yeah, that's kind of a come to Jesus moment, you know. Like, wow, this this is going to happen if we're not, you know, if we're not on our toes, you know. And it says, and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephanath Peniah. And I'm not sure what that means, but I'm sure. Does it not have any footnotes in yours? It does not, does it in yours? Nope. Uh, so I, I actually do know what that means because I did some research on it, but you will f- have to forgive me because I don't have that in front of me because I left it in my car. So oh, next okay. next podcast, I will bring that, and we will go over what that name means because it does have a meaning. Uh-huh. Thank you. And we need to, yeah, we need to cover that. So I'll, I'll make sure I bring that with next time. Uh, yeah. and it says, and he gave him into marriage. And this is actually something I'm not sure. I don't know one way or the other, how I feel about this, uh, this next couple verses. Uh, yeah. but you tell me, it says, and he gave into marriage, Asinius, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of on. So he's, he's marrying a priest of another God. Right. Which I thought. Yeah, I, I don't know. I he thought have a choice neither. No, he may not have, but I think that that's a. But it doesn't give you any other context. Like we have nothing no, to no. go on. Like because God and Joseph had this. Yeah, God and Joseph had this. You know, come to come to who moment, and you know they decided this was a good thing. No, we don't have any of that. You know, and and that's probably not the point. I'm. I tend to overanalyze this stuff because I know 10 years from now, I'm going to randomly read this verse and I'm going to go, you know what? (laughs) 
<clears throat> I just don't have anything for it today. So we'll wait for yeah. that year when I have. Well, he's not. He's not marrying a priest of on. He's marrying the daughter of the priest. Yep, that is true. That is true. Yeah. And I guess well, I, I actually. Like, it's funny because like, uh, the daughter of Potterfuria, priest of on, it's not saying that um, that she is the priest of on, but she's the daughter of Potterfuria, the priest. Of so I'm glad you just you see you brought that up because. I was not reading it like that. I was reading it, <laughs> daughter of Potiphera, comma, priest of On. <laughs> yeah, there's no comma in mine. No, there's no, there's it, no. It would, have, it, would have, it would have said priestess. It it would have, and that's, but Potiphera would be a woman. Because uh, Potiphera, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Because Potiphar was the, Potiphar was the guy. Yeah, maybe. So I that's mean, yeah, he was, but yeah, I, I don't know. I would have. I I thought both things there, but I did not actually think of, you know, daughter of Potiphar, priest of on. I thought daughter of Potiphar, comma, which there is no comma, by the way. Everyone listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is no comma. But in my mind, that's the way I read it, and it made sense. Yeah. So glad you cleared that up because you helped me a lot because I was not reading it that way. And it says, uh, to finish out that verse, it says, So Joseph went out over the land of Egypt, and Joseph was 30 years old. So he's, he's almost, well, he is. He's the same age as Jesus when he entered the ministry. Yeah. So, oh, I didn't think about that. Wow. So he's the, he's the same age of, of Jesus, you know, because Jesus, uh, well, he was 33 when he, when he died. Yep. So, yeah, he he's... You know he's he's essentially that. So that's that's what uh, what Bill would call a shadow, you know, yeah. of, of what's to come. So and Joseph was thirty years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went up through all the land of Egypt. <clears throat> During the seven years of the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which occurred in the land of Egypt, and he put the food in the cities. He put them in every. He put the food in every city, and the food from the fields around it. So he was, he was taking everything from Egypt and surrounding areas. Yeah. So and Joseph stored up the grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until it ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured. That's a lot. That's a lot. But you have to understand, you know, they're taking a fifth of everything and saving it for seven years, so it would need to be a lot. Yeah. Because it, it specifically says the, the fields around Egypt. So it's really Egypt and surrounding areas, which Basically, yeah. I wish, you know, I need to make it a thing for me to do research on the history. Because I'm, you know, thanks to your dad over the years, I've become the history. I just love history. I've always loved history, but your dad, like, enhanced that when I met him. Yeah. You know, so, but I would love to know the history on you know, Egypt and what areas were not a desert before this point? Right. I'd also kind of like to know how much of Egypt, as we know it as Egypt, was Egypt then. <clears throat> well, you know, and that is funny that you bring that up. So Egypt, as I understand it, borders the Sahara, doesn't it? Uh, I might. I'm not actually sure. I think it does. I was actually, I was doing mild research 
uh, earlier today because I was just curious and I didn't have a whole lot of time. So in the five minutes I did, I was looking up Egyptian uh, deserts and I it, it, the one of the first pull-ups for Google was the Sahara. And that they have evidence that the Sahara was not a desert up until X, X year. And right. I was like, okay, well, if the Sahara borders Egypt, because when we think of Egypt, we really think of Cairo, which is right. the, the main city in Egypt, which is nothing but a dirt castle. Right. You know, no, I'm, I'm not giving Egypt a hard time, but that that's what it is. It's a dirt castle. So, we think of it like that, you know, Aladdin. That's that's what we think of Egypt, you know, yep. and, and that's not wrong. But I think it wasn't that way at some point. And I would, ju- I would just like to get some maybe historical context on, and I could be totally wrong. I'm guessing, but I'm just going off what it is. But I'm also wondering, did it start becoming a desert in the years of famine? That's my real question. Because I don't think I think a lot of people would agree with me uh-huh. that it probably wasn't a desert always. Mm-hmm. My question is: Is this around the same time that it started becoming a desert? Yeah, maybe so. Because you know, you just because God's kind of setting it up, you know. So yeah. there's something to come. And so Joseph stored up all the grain in great abundance in the sand of the sea until it ceased to be measured, for it could not be measured before the year of famine came two sons born to Joseph. Aseneth, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bore them to him. Doesn't give their name. No, it does. It does in the following verses. It does. Yep, 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 yep. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. I guess Manasseh? Manasseh. Manasseh. For he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and and all my father's house. Wow, that's a... Yeah, wow. I, I don't know if that's to be taken a good way or a bad way. Um, I'm not either. Because the first part, all my hardship, is like, well, that's nice. Yeah. Then all, I bought his house, is like, huh, okay. Now... Are you saying he had hardship in his father's house? Now... Or that, you know... What I do say here... And I think right now is the time to bring this up since you brought this up. Mm-hmm. You have to break this down, I think, because I was reading this early and I read it several times. And I thought exactly what you just said. And I was thinking, okay, so there has to be something else. And then I kind of got to thinking about it. It says, so I think you have to split this into two different things. Made me forget all my hardship. That's one. And all of my father's house. Now, he doesn't say forget my father and all of his house. Yeah. He says my father's house. Do what? Yeah. No, 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 just what he said. Yeah, he says in all my father's house. Well, we know he didn't have the greatest with his brothers. And I think that's what he's referring to. All the hardship and all my father's house have just drifted away. Because he does not say, and, and other times in the Old Testament, you would see my father and all of his house, or my father and all of my father's house. But you don't. Yeah. He's leaving He's leaving Israel out of it. You yeah. know, he's kind of setting this aside that all of my hardship and everything that happened there. That is, I, I think that's what he's saying. And I, I could be wrong, um, but it's it just... Uh, and you know what? Yeah. Anyway. You don't have a footnote, but it, apparently I have a footnote. 
So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna let me let me go down here and look at this footnote. What did it say? Now I'm I'm curious if I'm it's gonna say what I said. <clears throat> okay, so it's just uh it's just a footnote on uh Manessa, which uh is the it's the Hebrew word for making me making to forget. Oh, uh, okay. So that's what Manasseh means. Interesting. And so uh, 52, verse, uh, well, Genesis 41, 52, uh, is the name of the second <coughs> he called Ephraim. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Now that, I think that's kind of noble. I get that. You know, because yeah. God has definitely been with him through all of this. No one can yep. look at this story and say, yep, he did a good job. Like, no, no God was with him, you know. Yep. <clears throat> there was not a point in all of this where God wasn't right there. He was He was right there the whole time, you know. Um, and I think that's good for us as Christians to remember, because um, too often times it's easy it's easy in the good times to forget that. Yeah. And I like to say we, uh, well, I, I don't like, well, I do like to say it because it's a good reminder, but it's a sad way of saying it. But most Christians will use God as a parachute. And at the end of the day, that's not the way to do it. Yeah, it'll turn him into a pocket God. Yeah, <laughs> a pocket God. I like that. Yeah. So, you know. Um, so I, I think it's 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 easy for us to forget in the good times, and uh, and and we only remember him in the bad. Um, and so, verse fifty three is the seven years of plenty that occurred in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. There was a there was famine in all the lands, but in the land of Egypt there was bread. When all of the land of Egypt was famished and the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph. What he says, you do. So in the fa see, at this point, it's no joke. Like he obviously yeah. know he knows everything that Joseph has said has come to pass. You go to that guy, that guy right yeah. there. He knows what's up. You just listen to him. Whatever he says, let's go with it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a seat. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I all of a sudden don't know as much. So just go to that guy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and so when the famine had spread over all the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Moreover, the earth came to Egypt. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt. All the earth came to Egypt. Same thing, you know. Joseph to buy grain because all because the famine was severe in all the earth. Let me just butcher those last two verses as much as I think I did a good job. High five. High five indeed. <laughs> and we are in the beginning of Genesis 42. Just That's saying right. so. It, Man, it, that, was a, that, was a, that was a thick one. Yeah, I think we uh, we spent the better half of, what, three podcasts on that? Something like that. Yeah, that's... But like I said, you know, yeah. this this area, it's worth, it's worth taking a little time. 
going through. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So verse 1 of Genesis. Well, here's something that's interesting. Um, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, but going back to a much, 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 much earlier conversation, uh, back when we first started, um, well, I guess we didn't first start, but just talking about the flood and the conversation with that, where it talks about, you know, uh, flooding the whole earth. And some people thinking, you know, it doesn't really mean the whole earth. It means all of the known earth at that time. And others saying, no, 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 it's the whole earth. And I'm not debating that one way or the other. But what I am saying is we see that again right here. Uh, Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was severe over all the earth. So that's interesting. Yeah, I don't right know. That I... 57, <clears throat> I mean, now it might just be, again, I have a look at the Hebrew on this. You know, I'm looking at what ESV, you know, uh, Gideon's Bible is saying. <laughs> uh, and I'm not even sure if that Hebrew word means earth, you know. Um, but all I'm saying is that what I'm reading right now here in 57 is Earth. Uh, and if that is actually the case... <laughs> I don't know if it's the I, same word that uh, is in the Genesis account of the flood, but uh, it is Eretz, which is literally the Earth in Hebrew. So, Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh. Because I would say that that actually gives a little bit more credence um, to those who might believe that, you know, the whole earth maybe wasn't flooded, but maybe most of the known earth, um, just because, I don't know, it, it seems to me a little bit more likely that when it says all the earth came to Egypt, it doesn't mean like people in South America and... Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, seeing the same you know, the same word is used in both sentences. In the yeah, that's that's basically all I'm saying. I'm not sure how to, you know. <clears throat> now I, I'd have to go back. I'd have to go back and see if that same word is used in um, in the Genesis account of the flood. Um, and right. I'm 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 right. it probably is. I I would say. I would say that's probably the same word, unless there's a totally different translation that they're using for that. Um, the earth seems to be uh, the word Eretz, which is yeah. <clears throat> which is literally uh, the phrase in here. Oh, okay, hold on, hold on. Ha! I love the Blue Letter Bible. Oh, yeah. So this is word that? is used all throughout Genesis, actually. Let's oh, yeah. see. It's used almost every verse in the account of Genesis creation. It is used. Let's see. I'm just trying to get over here to the flood. Yeah. 
It is the same word used in the flood. Interesting. Very interesting. Eretz, the same, or Eretz. Uh, it's Eretz. the same word that was used in the flood. It's the same word that's used when it describes the Nephilim on the on the earth. Hmm. It is the same word that's used in Genesis 6-5 as the wickedness of man. And he's describing right before the flood. The wickedness uh, of man was great in all the earth. God uh, was sorry that he had made man on all the earth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. All of these are the same, the same uh, Hebrew word. Interesting. Yeah, so it looks like uh, the entire, the entire account of the flood uses the word Eretz uh, for the for the flood. That's interesting, though. That is interesting. They've used the. You know, it is literally the same phraseology. <clears throat> and I'm, yeah, I guess I'm not saying that it's not a possibility that, you know, the whole earth is coming to Egypt for grain, but it just sounds a little bit less likely. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't have any more thoughts on that. Well, that, that was actually a pretty good thought because I didn't even think about it. So, yeah. Well, I, I think that is uh, we'll we'll be starting fresh on Genesis forty two. I don't think we've actually like started fresh on a chapter in a while. So yeah, so that'll be pretty awesome. But uh, so we'll there's a lot to go over in this, and I've actually been looking forward to forty two, but we are running out of time. So um, forty two is definitely a good one. If I start now, I'm just gonna want to keep going, and we'll have an hour and a half of a. Which we've done yeah, that before, yeah, yeah. but I'd rather just go ahead and, and, and we'll we'll hit it on the head next time. And y'all keep listening. And by the way, we have a Facebook page now. That's so right. So ideally what check I – Check us out on Facebook. What I, yeah, check us out on Facebook. Right. Uh, ideally at some point we're going to maybe record some of our uh, podcast live stream video footage. Hey, that'd be cool. Via uh, right here from Ground I Zero. I myself and see myself. I yeah. know, I know. So Ground Zero, we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have some Ground Zero footage for you. Uh, that is the idea. But check us out on Facebook, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we are on iTunes and, uh, and several other podcasts. But uh, check us out on Facebook, like and uh, and share our stuff. And we'll see you next time. Alright, love you guys. Adios. Adios. Thank y'all for listening to the Texans Take. You can follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and more. And check us out on Facebook. Our page is the Texans Take. <laughs>